Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Rothman PPC for Lawyers podcast. My name is Jason Rothman, and today we have a very special guest, Jacob Badsgard, the CEO and founder of Disruptive Advertising, one of the biggest, most successful, and most effective digital marketing agencies in the world. Jacob, how are you doing in general? And thank you for coming on today. You know, I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to be here with you. Good. Well, it's good to have you on uh, my solo podcast here. And uh, I guess the reason I wanted to have you on is because I work for a lot of lawyers and I'm getting the same questions from them over and over about pay-per-click. So I thought it would be great to bring on another expert here and kind of get your opinion on these lawyer PPC questions. But before we dive into kind of specific law firm stuff, um, just give the listeners an overview of Disruptive, um, founding the company, why you started it, and like where you guys have grown in just a handful of years and where you are today in terms of the growth and the capabilities. Yeah, you bet. Um, launched the company in 2013, so we're about six years old now. We, we've gone from myself, uh, I remember signing on my first office lease where I thought, this is going to suck really bad when the business doesn't work out and I have to keep paying this. Still remember that, that like it was yesterday. And, you know, we've, we've gone down an interesting journey. We, uh, I was fortunate enough to um, have a prior business endeavor go well enough to give me to get things started and to seed the company some money, which allowed us really probably accelerated our growth a couple of years in hindsight. And, uh, you know, what, one of the things that we've done a little bit differently is I find that a lot of agencies start with an area of specialty, whether it be web development or SEO or PPC or email or whatever, and become full service pretty quickly to address the needs of their clients and, and then kind of end up getting stuck, right? Because they, they become the jack of all tra- trades of all and master of none type thing. So we really stayed pretty true to our core, which is paid traffic. Mm. That's what we do, right? And Paid traffic, you know, paid search is a big one for us. Paid social, retargeting, display advertising. We're, that's really what we're known for is, is people come to us for help with that. And then we've uh, slowly added complementary services that help that traffic to convert better, such as updating perfect website experience so that traffic actually converts. And then also building out a lifecycle marketing product that includes uh, SMS and email to extract more value from the traffic and leads that our customers do get. And so over that, you know, we've been very calculated in how we've introduced those things to make sure we can do it well. And, you know, we've grown from myself operating out of my basement to uh, we've got, we're in two office buildings now. We've got about 160 people on the organization and we work wow. with uh, about 650 companies, uh, most, mostly national here in the U.S., but quite a few uh, internationally as well. That's very impressive. And uh, personally, Jacob, what's the secret? Because you're running an organization with, I think you said 160 people, and I'm I'm about to have a nervous breakdown just hearing that. Yeah. So you seem to carry it well. So I'm, what's the, give us a little secret to the business, because to give the listeners uh, an idea of the scale, 160 people and the benefit to your clients, I think, is to the law firms listening who would uh, want to work with you you see so many different accounts. So you get so many data inputs and then you can apply that kind of brain trust and knowledge to new clients. So it's an impressive organization. One, one thing that uh, I see you guys doing is your employee work. Just personally, I watch that and that's motivating to me because I have four employees and we're just kind of budding and growing and uh, your employees look dedicated, motivated and fulfilled. 
Um, so I'm watching all that stuff on your social media, uh, watching you grow your employees. So that's something I watch a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm convinced and, and unfortunately, you know, we're, we're successful with most of our clients, with most of our employees. And then we've always got a few that uh, don't work out as well, which is, which is always unfortunate, but kind of part of the game. No one bats a thousand, you know, growing and scaling the organization, you kind of figure some things out about yourself along the way. And what really motivates me? Uh, why am I really doing this? Because <laughs> things do get a little messier and more complicated as you grow an organization. And I'm just convinced that ultimately the key to our success as an organization is in the individual growth and development of everybody here, including myself. Yeah. And I need to be the best learner, the one that is uh, challenging myself to grow the most. And growth is uncomfortable, man. Like there's just no way around that. And so why not learn to kind of love the, the growth process and the uncomfortableness that that gives us? And so I actually uh, teach, a, it's optional, but uh, I've had over 50% of people in the company take it now. It's a personal and leadership development course that I teach on Mondays at 7 a.m. Nice. Uh, uh, we work to learn the principles of developing good daily routines and habits in our personal lives, how to change the world by changing ourselves, not trying to change other people. And then getting a live business map of where we're ever trying to go so we know what, what success looks like when we get there, right? And enjoying the process of getting there. And then we've also started teaching the financial course so that people know how to uh, manage their finances well and to get ahead in life. Um, and so that that can kind of be removed as a burden or a, or a source of anxiety. And so we really invest a lot in individual growth and development of everyone here. I think that's the foundation and the basis for anything that's actually going to scale and be successful. Otherwise, I feel like it's just making a bigger and bigger mess uh, along the way. So, yeah, those are those words ring true to me. You definitely get to know yourself, and um, as a as a business owner, and as growth happens, and um, and you're right, it is it is all about employees and um, kind of bridging into law firms. The stuff we just talked about that those are lessons that owners of law firms are going to need to work on if they work with disruptive because they're going to grow their uh, practice and be able to hire more people and take on a bigger caseload. So let's dive into kind of pay-per-click for law firms here. I just want to start off getting your general impressions on, like, obviously we both think pay-per-click and search works for law firms, but like just how much do you think it works? Because from my perspective, I think it is one of the best, most effective industries on Google search. And I'll kind of give the listeners an example of what I mean. If I need a house cleaner, I can go to Google search and I can look for house cleaners in Oklahoma City, find a few websites, call them and maybe hire someone. And people do that every day and search ads can work for a house cleaner. But if I need a house cleaner, I could also go to my neighbors who have one, my friends, ask people on Facebook. And there's a lot of like uh, asking your friends and family and, and their words carry a lot of weight. But with lawyers, if I'm accused of a crime and need a criminal defense lawyer, I don't know any lawyers. I don't know anybody who knows any lawyers. I'm not going to call up Jacob and say, hey, uh, do you know a DUI lawyer? Because that's offensive to you. And it's not something you want to spread around at, uh, telling people uh, that you have those kind of problems. So to me, the only place people are going to is the internet. They're going to search. They're looking for a lawyer. And when they find them, they're not even that like brand specific. They just want someone who works in their practice and the conversion rates are pretty high. So that's my perspective. I think it's one of the best fits for search. What's your uh, impression of law firms and search? Uh, do you guys work with a lot of law firms and what kind of uh, law do you specialize in? 
Yeah, I, I would agree with what you're saying in that the percentage of the audience that is going to use Google or another search engine to find that solution is substantially higher than it is in most industries. And depending on the type of, of law, I think it can be more or less effective as well. And so I think that there's a variety of things to consider. Uh, I've also seen law firms be extremely successful with the right person and uh, getting leads and, and having success that way as well. But I, I agree. Search is, is a fantastic uh, way to get in front of people. Now, here's the thing is it's, it's not always the cheapest either form of advertising, but I do think that it is the most consistent. And consistency when running a business, for me, is always worth a certain price, right? Because volatility, even if all the numbers netted out the same at the end of the year, my emotional energy that I had to put into the business with a lot of volatility, there's a toll to be paid with right. that. That's what I love about search, even for my own business as an agency, as well as the clients that we service. It's a very consistent way to have regular business coming in. So I appreciate that. And I, and I know that we do work with a lot of law firms and attorneys, and I know that that's one of the things that they appreciate most as well. Yeah. If I'm, a, if I'm running like a big, say, personal injury law firm, and I have a lot of lawyers working for me, if I could get like a cost per conversion that was a little bit better from another channel, but it was bumpy and not consistent versus pay just a little bit more for search and keep those lawyers busy all year long and not have people in the office kind of working for me and feeling uncomfortable because they're not busy. I think search is definitely worth it. So I have a lot of search specific questions that I'm hearing from my clients. Um, But before we kind of dig into search, and that's where I specialize, I don't do a lot of uh, Facebook or Instagram for clients at all. I know the power of it. I do it for myself a little bit. Um, it's just something I haven't jumped into yet. Um, but I know you you guys do a lot of Facebook, a lot of Instagram, along with search. So what are your impressions of Facebook and Instagram for law firms? Can Is it just for brand building or can they actually get direct leads? So the answer is you can always get lead from any marketing channel. Uh, the question becomes, is it worth it? And, <laughs> and so it depends. Actually, I would say uh, depends on the type of law right? I think that certain areas are more generally needed than others that are more specialty. What I, what I like to do, and this also depends on the area of, of practice, because there are some restrictions, but I think at the very least, having a good presence on social media with reviews from existing customers, to me, is, is very important from a social proof standpoint. Yeah. Um, you just want people to know you're a real person, with a legitimate ability to help them as evidenced by other people that you've done the same thing for. So I think that that's very important from a social media standpoint to have that clout. Um, And depending on the area of practice that they work in, I think retargeting is a no brainer on social media as well. So, you know, they, they find you on search, they find you however, and now you can follow them around with ads across the web as well as social media. And that's just kind of a low-hanging fruit, no-brainer in my opinion, that very low cost that I think should be doing on social media. Now, beyond that, there are life events. There are other things that can be used from a targeting standpoint on social mm-hmm. media. And so, you know, there are ways to identify people that may be more likely to be that audience. But in terms of like a consistent lead flow that I'm spending X amount of dollars and getting Y amount of leads back, you know, from a social media standpoint, we don't see it being a large portion of law firms' budgets. Okay. Um, and unless they are looking to build the brand, 
uh, make themselves a little bit more available. Depending on the area of law, again, that's going to depend where they choose to put those dollars. Right. That's good to hear. And um, that kind of confirms what I've been thinking about for a long time, because some of the targeting on Facebook, it's like due to privacy issues and just general decency, they don't really have a targeting option that like people that just got in a car accident and have a back injury or people that are having trouble in their marriage. It's more of things like people who are moving or people who like baking. It's more kind of stuff everyone's okay with in terms of privacy, but that's an issue I've run into. But I do like that strategy of really focusing on search, but then taking the low hanging fruit of uh, retargeting on social media. And then also, this is what law firms need to hear. If people click on a search ad, if they go to the website organically, however they get there, they might fill out the form, they might call in, but they might also Google your law firm because they want to know who they're going to be working with in a big life event for them. And if your Facebook has like no images or hasn't been updated in years, it just leaves a lot of questions in people's mind versus that social proof, seeing hundreds of satisfied clients. It just, people are going to look you up and it works. So I like that for a social media strategy. So digging into search, um, let's talk about probably the biggest mistake lawyers make when they get onto search keyword selection. Can you kind of walk us through uh, the keyword selection process with lawyers and the mistakes that you see some of them making. Yeah, you bet. Um, and I would even throw out um, where, where social media is a little more challenging to go and find those people that aren't aware of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, forums online are actually not a bad place where people Google and there's like forums where people are discussing solutions that they've used for uh, areas of law practice and those types of things. Right. You actually can do contextual and geographical targeting just on the web that says, hey, if someone's in this area on a website that's opted into ads and reading about personal injury or DUI or criminal or whatever that is, you actually can get banner ads in front of them at pretty relevant times as well. So we've found more success doing that than trying to make it work on social media. Just as kind of a yeah. an idea to throw out there. That That's great advice. My, my biggest claim to fame when like uh, I get into the Google AdWords Hall of Fame is one time I was running ads for a law firm that was dealing with a very specific mass tort. And we throw up display ads, we throw up some keywords. I don't think it's going to work that well because it's hard to make that work sometimes. And then I look at my placements and some person out there motivated by money had set up an informational website exactly about that uh, mass tort issue. And we just hammered that specific placement and we're getting a really cheap cost per clicks and conversions. Volume wasn't huge, but it was way cheaper than search. So you experimenting with display, that is a great strategy as opposed to, you're right, just trying to force it on uh, social media. Yeah. And then coming back to your questions about keywords, this is, oh man, (laughs) if I could even tell you the amount of dollars that I've seen wasted, it kind of makes you sick a little bit, to be honest. Uh, There's a lot of law firms that uh, are, are specialized and they know what they're best at. And because, you know, we've all a business to run and revenue that we need to deliver to, to support the infrastructure that we've got. Sometimes we will take cases outside of our area of specialty. But man, when it comes to spending money, we want to get the right kind of cases in because that's where we're going to be the most efficient. It's where we're going to be the most effective, have the best outcomes and typically have the best margin as well. And so some of the most common mistakes that I see law firms make is just bidding on generic keywords like law firm near me, right? Well, when someone hops on Google and searches for a law firm near them, we don't know what area of law they're looking for. 
So they might be looking for uh, a DUI attorney, a uh, slip and fall, or a criminal defense, or uh, some sort of tort or whatever. And we don't know at that point. And so does that mean it's a bad keyword to bid on? And an answer to that question totally depends on the type of your law firm. So let's just imagine that I'm a personal injury law firm and I have a limited budget. It makes zero sense to bid on those types of words, right? Because it's going to be hard enough. I'm, I'm only going to capture a piece of them of people specifically looking for what I do anyway. So why dilute my budget in targeting people that may or may not even be the right fit for me anyway? Right. If I'm a large law firm with a lot of partners and specialties and things that, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of take anything that comes to us and we've got a larger budget, then that actually may make sense to put on some more of those generic words because, hey, we're probably going to have a solution for them either way. And law firm near me could be a lot less expensive than, you know, accident attorney right. uh, from, a co- from a cost per click or uh, the advertising cost. So it does depend. But generally speaking, what we see with the law firms that we work with is limited budgets, and typically specialty driven. And because of that, it is better to maximize your budget on getting the specialty leads that you want. And once you've tapped into that, then it might make sense to expand a little bit more uh, and consider targeting some more of those generic terms. Gotcha. So the, the biggest thing for these law firms is the word focus, focusing on the right keywords uh, to get the kinds of cases you want, because Everyone has a limited budget. So that's at, at least where they should start. Now, take it one step further here. I've seen in a, um, an article you wrote, you, you're running into lawyers who kind of Google searches that they think would um, apply to their industry, and they might, uh, but they're not showing that the person actually needs a lawyer. So the, a good example is the word car accident versus car accident lawyer. I guarantee you right now, if you and I uh, Googled car accident, um, I'm in Oklahoma City, you're in Utah, I guarantee you someone's ad would be there. Some lawyer's ad would be there on car accident. But kind of walk us through that buying intent and that second filter a lawyer should go through when they're selecting their keywords. And it's really, you, you phrased it perfectly, the intent behind the query or what they actually type into Google, it, it can make all the difference. Again, because we're operating on limited budgets, so why not spend it on the people that are most likely to actually buy and to work with us? Uh, conversely, where we see a lot of attorneys actually waste a lot of their budget is they'll bid on a word like car accident, and then their ads show up for things like anything related to car accidents. Sometimes they'll even bid on car accident attorney, but because they don't set it up right, now all of a sudden their ads show up if someone's looking for car accident attorney salaries, right? right, Or those types of things. And so that's where not only is it important to understand the buyer intent, it's also important to restrict what your ads will show for and not to be too broad with that. Otherwise, you'll get, you know, there's a list of common negative keywords that we would add to any account that, hey, let's remove jobs or salaries or whatever, because now we're just paying for people that aren't going to perspective and look at that. And so those are the things that, you know, that, that we're considering. And again, because there's limited budgets, we want to focus where the intent is the highest first and then start to experiment a little bit outside of that. But to be honest, most law firms never get past that stage because, uh, you know, it's challenging to get new, uh, you know, get a lot of people on board and, and to handle that. And it takes time to build the practice and, and the personnel there. You know, it's a pretty decent sized market and there's, there's quite a bit to be had. And most, I don't see very many law firms getting to the point of saturation in their specialty area for two right. reasons. One, 
scaling uh, a practice does take a little bit of time. And two, uh, because they get too generic too early, they're not getting the return they need on that budget to cost effectively grow their practice as well. Yeah, and it's it's one thing for us to sit here and talk about it in theory, but it's another thing to watch what happens to a lot of these law firms. Everyone knows, like we talked about at the top of the show, people are going to Google to search for a lawyer. Every lawyer in this town does searches themselves and they see their competitors running ads for a long time. So they think, yeah, this must work. And then they try it themselves and they don't lock down their keywords to the buyer intent, to the focus on their that what they offer. And they blow through thousands and thousands of dollars very quickly and they give up. And it's one thing yeah. to waste that money, but the opportunity cost of all that traffic uh, that they're giving up on is kind of sad to see. So in, in terms of like keywords, we talk about keywords. One of the questions I get the most, and it's specifically from lawyers, and I think it's somewhat of like a ego thing, a business thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of them want to be in the top position. They want to be the king. They want to be number one. They, they want people who are doing searches. When they do the search, they want to see their law firm, number one, all the site links, all the call outs, big real estate. But I don't know, does, is, is that necessary for success or can you kind of shoot yourself in the foot with the cost? What's your, what's your take on if someone comes to you and says, I like what you're doing with the keywords, but I, I want to be in the top position? Even though it seems like a cut and dry question, it's actually not. Um, it totally depends on the circumstances and the motivation behind it. The ultimate differentiator in who succeeds in the market is who can spend the most in marketing and who can spend the most in marketing, typically the ones that are getting the best results from their marketing, right? Right. And if I can start to control uh, the marketplace, yeah, it actually might make sense to do that. Now, here's, here's the challenge. It might make sense to be number one for very specific, high intent, driving great value for my organization. And then for other ones, it may not make sense to be number one. But if the motivation is purely ego, I've never seen a winning nation. If it's just so I can feel good to know that I'm number one, I've rarely seen that translate into business success. And ultimately, our egos are best fed by business success. Right. <laughs> that, and, that, uh, I'm going to use that for my clients because that uh, when, they're, they, when they want that top spot, they want it. And sometimes if I just spit back to them the cost per click and you can get more clicks from number two, it doesn't register. But I like what you're saying about, hey, let's focus on business success. And that that's where we can get this gratification thing. Yeah. And then the other thing is that sometimes it does make sense to be number one, but it should be driven by actual cases booked, right? If we find that there are a few keywords that we're just getting a lot of cases from and, and it's cost effective and it's working really well, you can, I mean, the, the incremental clicks and, and traffic and cases that you'll get from being in a number one compared to a number two spot, is it can be dramatically higher, especially for people searching on their phones. Mm-hmm. And so if, if the data is driving it and if the cases book is what's driving the position, then that's where you're going to find success in, in potentially being in a number one spot. Okay. So it's, it's not necessarily, it, sometimes you can do it, but just let your results kind of guide you. There's got to be a business strategy behind it. Yeah. And, and the process that I like to use is maximize market share before expanding. So if I find a handful of things that are working really well for me, I want to see how much of that I can get first. And so, yeah, the leads might be a little more expensive in a, in a first position versus a second position. But if I find that the math still works and that it's effective, I might, I might still choose to go for that before I start expanding on other things that I'm bidding for. 
Um, I like to I like to get in, see what works, maximize market share, and then expand. And typically, what I see is people get in, find a thing or two that works, and then expand before they maximize market share. And that's where I would say that would be my recommendation: is just change that order. Okay. Well, talking about um, like making things work and finding out when it works. Um, I want to talk about all the tracking capabilities that um, an agency like Disruptive has with call tracking and CRM systems and actually finding out who, which leads became a client. But before we get into that, I just want to ask you about the cost. To some extent, criminal keywords, but 100% with personal injury, the the cost per clicks are really high. Yeah. It can be, if you're bidding super low, you might get away with 30 to $40. If you're in a competitive market, you might be getting costs per clicks that are hundreds of dollars for yeah. very valuable types of law, like truck accidents, motorcycle wrecks, and impactful car accidents. So my question for you and, and what I'm hearing from clients is, how do we deal with that cost? Is there a magic bullet where one agency can get a super low cost per click and because they're doing some kind of magic AdWords thing? Or is it just simply about making the most of what what you bring in and getting high conversion rates. How do you how do you overcome the high cost that is specifically with personal injury and criminal? Yeah, and this is one where uh, I've seen quite a few law firms build a pretty awesome moat around their business. Because when you do it the right way, which is what's your cost per case? A lot of the times where where the law firms make their money is not on the average deal. It's because we're making enough money on the average deal, and then we get a big one that drops once in a while, that that's where this becomes amazingly successful. And so one of the things that we do, whether it's a CRM or even just a Google Sheet, is just tracking which leads turn into cases and what those outcomes, of uh, you know, monetary outcomes of those cases were. And then all of a sudden, when we can see, hey, cost per case, I don't care if the cost per click is $500, because if one out of four of those clicks turns into a case and I'm spending two grand to get a, a great PI case, you know, that's probably worth it. Yeah. Um, probably making pretty good margin on that. And occasionally I get that big one that, that comes through that, that has a big outcome for me. I'm less concerned about what the cost per click is. I'm more concerned about what the cost per case is. And where that gets tricky to find the balance between the two is driving enough volume through those high cost per click keywords to understand where the cases are actually coming from. Because at that cost per click, you may not be able to afford getting too many clicks before determining if you're getting cases or not. Now, that being said, in a lot of these high cost industries, the conversion rate of clicks into leads and leads into cases can be incredibly high. I mean, we see oftentimes clicks to leads upwards of 50%, right? One out of six turning into a lead and then one out of of two of those turning into a case in some markets. Now that's on the higher end, right? But in that situation, they'd probably spend 700 bucks a click on that, right? Because they're getting a cost per case that makes sense for them. In other markets where it is more saturated and, you know, maybe they're not getting the same conversion rates, you know, they may not be able to spend that much, but I just like to let it be driven from a cost per case standpoint. Okay. I think, I think that's good advice. And that, that applies to personal injury down to family law and immigration. It's what is your average client worth? And of course you got to be honest what the average is. And if you have 10 personal injury cases that are small and then one that's humongous, that's got to be factored in the average. And, 
And uh, it sounds like you and I, when we're managing these accounts, we're, we're doing everything we can, but it's an auction system. The cost per click will be high in some of these legal industries. But I think the biggest thing the attorneys can do is, like you said, focus on that cost per case and then try to make that cost per case as low as possible by investing in their intake and their staff and answering the phone when people call, following up on leads and all those yeah. kind of basic business things. You really, It really kind of exposes a law firm if they're not doing those things correctly, if they're running a high budget campaign. Um, let me run through some rapid fire ones with you uh, that I'm hearing a lot from my clients. How do I know what budget I should start with? That's what I hear from lawyers a lot. Um, when they're starting on Google ads, what, how do they know what kind of budget to start with? What, what do you guys see with your clients? I typically just reverse engineer the number of cases that they are hoping to increase by per month. So if I want to get five cases per month and the max that it makes sense for me to spend to get a case, let's say is two grand, well, then I probably need to start with the 10 grand budget to get those, you know, and I need to be okay with the fact that it might take a couple of months before I'm actually getting that many cases with that budget. Um, and then we work to improve that. So I typically just reverse engineer how many cases you want. And then as the marketing experts, we can go and reverse engineer the market, the cost per click, the estimated, you know, how many clicks it takes to turn into a lead, how many leads it takes to turn into a case. And then we can go and run that. The challenge is most of them want to just pick a number out of the air. I'd say start with how many cases do you want? And then let's figure out what, you know, what's the max we can pay for those cases. Then let's go figure that out together and then, and then get it better over time. Okay, that's good advice. And so in terms of how long to see results, um, you don't want to be firing your pay-per-click agency and moving around after a day or a week, but you also don't want to be five years in and hearing the person say, hey, I think we've almost cracked it, just just a few more years. Um, so how many, I would say it's probably a month's number, um, but how many months should someone, a uh, law firm, give their PPC manager before they know whether it's going to work out for them or not? Yeah, so if I'm an existing law firm that's already been investing a lot on PPC and search, um, I expect to see a lift pretty quickly. And the first thing is that they're driving better results for me than I was getting before. If I am brand new to advertising this way, I, I would expect to get leads the first month. I would expect to have cases the second month. And the third month, I would, I would expect to understand, all right, I'm kind of investing X and I'm getting Y. And now that's kind of my baseline that we're working to improve from. And I've seen some organizations be wildly successful faster than that. And some it takes longer. It just depends on the market um, and the demand. But I would say, generally speaking, if, if you're jumping shit before three months, you probably just shot yourself in the foot and you're chasing your tail. And you're just going to you're gonna extend that period. Um, it can happen sooner. But I would say overall, probably a three-month period, you should be able to see some cases, some revenue coming in. Or at least you've got cases that are going to be bringing, bringing revenue in to start supporting that marketing budget. I, lo I love that um, three month plan. So month one uh, leads, month two cases, more cases coming in your law firm. Month three, you're starting to see your baseline cost per case, and then you try to optimize it from there and improve it. Yes. Okay, exactly. let me, I wanna ask about how lawyers can be good clients and then working with disruptive, but let me squeeze one in I, I skipped over earlier. And the reason I go back to it is because it's, I get this all the time because there's a lot of landing page companies out there a lot of marketing and there's this um, kind of messaging that you need landing pages to make Google ads work. So landing pages versus the client's website versus service pages and home pages. What do you recommend with your law firms? Do they need custom landing pages or do service pages on the site work? And then it's just the home page, like the 
just shooting yourself in the foot. Where, what is your advice with lawyers when it comes to like landing pages and where that traffic goes? Yeah, I think the the key there is matching the user's intent with the information that you give them on on the website. And it, it doesn't matter if it's just a service page or a, a custom created landing page for that PPC traffic, as long as the content, call to action, and information is relevant. And so most law firms struggle to have the development bandwidth resources or whatever to build those pages out well on their website. So a lot of the times we just build them for them on a landing page solution. So it's still part of their website, but it's pages we can create quickly and turn around and make sure they're hyper relevant to the ads and things that we're running. Definitely don't send traffic to a homepage. If you're doing that, there is no area of, of law that is cheap enough for that to be effective anymore. You're losing money if you're sending it to the homepage. You know, in a perfect world, I actually would prefer to have my service pages really dialed in from a content, call to action, specialties, client reviews, all of those things. But the, but the nice thing about landing pages versus a page is I all sorts of crazy dynamic, much easier than I can a service page on the website. For example, I can, I can swap out the city name based on the ad that they clicked on. Best PI law firm in, and then it'll dynamically replace the city name uh, on the landing page or uh, those types of things as well. And so that's one of the reasons why I like landing pages is the speed of implementation and iteration is dramatically faster. Um, and so I, I like it for that reason. But I do think it is worth building out great core services pages on the website. And uh, and yeah, you can be effective sending traffic to either one of those. I prefer landing pages just for speed. Yeah, that's that's good advice. And also for testing, you can you can test a lot of things with the landing page. And yeah. in some industries, like when I'm working with movers, and sometimes they're very small, if they're spending 500 bucks, and the goal is to get maybe two or three more extra moves a month and try out pay-per-click, getting a whole landing page set up together is probably not worth the cost. But if you're spending a large uh, criminal or PI budget, it it's like an incremental cost, but it, it can have a lot of um, effect. So one of my questions was, how can lawyers be good clients? How can they make the most of their relationship with the PPC agency? And what I learned during this episode from you is that it sounds like conveying what their cost per case goal is to you is pretty much all you need as an expert management agency and you can kind of take care of the rest. Is that the biggest thing you need from them, a clear cost per case? I would say two things. Treat your leads like pure gold, right? Like pick up the phone quickly, follow up, have a great professional staff that can handle those leads and do a fantastic job. That is very commonly the difference I see in, in law firms that are actually effective with their advertising or not. And then the second thing is, like you said, feeding that information back to say, great, and here's the cases we actually booked. There's the values that we're seeing from those. Awesome. Because now we can go and optimize on actual business value rather than just driving lead for the company. Okay. That's great advice. So um, we have a lot of law firms who are going to be listening. They've either burned through money and quit Google ads in the past, or they're working with their current agency and the agencies that never even talked about searches, car accident versus car accident lawyer. Um, so I know there's going to be a lot of law firms that want to get started with disruptive where should people go? What does that process look like? Yeah, easiest way is just reach out to us on disruptiveadvertising.com. If you're already advertising, we've actually built a software tool that we can push a button, scan exactly how your campaigns are performing and tell you exactly what we would change if we were doing it. And we'll even give it to you to go fix yourself if you want. And then, you, or as a lot do, they just hire us to do it for them because they know we'll do it better. 
and they have better ways to spend their time. And again, I just reach out to us on disruptiveadvertising.com. We can run that free audit. If you're new to advertising in the industry, or sorry for your law firm, then we can actually do a market analysis for you to determine what it is to expect and kind of reverse engineer, hey, based on how many cases you want to get, here's probably what it's going to take and work through that process together. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Jacob. Thank you for coming on today. Um, Recommend everyone check out Disruptive Advertising. Uh, We will link to the website in the show notes and in the description and everywhere. Um, And so everyone check out Disruptive Advertising. Jacob, thank you very much for coming on today. And we'll be back uh, next time with the next episode of the Rothman PPC for Lawyers podcast.